Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I never do this. I got to get back to Chris Muller. Do we still have Chris? Okay. Yeah, let me Bring me back Chris Muller here because I asked him an unfair question at the end of the interview. And I want to make sure we got it right. Because it, it, again, Chris, if, if I'm because I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the question, and then I'm probably gonna do the whole rest of the segment by myself here. And so I want to make sure it's right because you just told me that Roethlisberger is is he or is he? He said he was drawing up the plays in the dirt. Was he was he just looking for a quote and it backfired, or was he really drawing up plays in the dirt? I mean, he claims that he actually was, you know, kind of okay. doing doing things in that way. And he is the de facto offensive coordinator. Pinkner might call the plays, but Roethlisberger has full veto power and can do well, what he wants out there. Well, I mean, he's a veteran. He's 38 years old, and, and I'm sure other guys do it, and we just don't bat an eye and we don't talk about it. But if this Correct. is the case, if this is the offense, then what it leads me to believe here, Chris, Chris Muller, 93-7 the fan in Pittsburgh with us, is that it leads me to believe that he's calling an offense that may not be best suited for him and maybe that Matt Canada or Randy Feekner or who, God knows who else, the Wizard of Oz, is trying to call an offense that would possibly help him. I think they are calling an offense that is two-pronged. They are calling an offense that is trying to deal with an offensive line that can't really protect him. I mean, they are a genuine huge problem for sure. Okay. And they're also calling the offense he's capable of running at this point as far as all the short throws and none of the deep stuff. And that's the bottom line for me. A good buddy of mine, Sean Gentilly, who writes for The Athletic around here, um, he said he, he and I were texting, and he just kept saying this to me. Why is every – this is before the Bengals game. Why is everyone presupposing that they're running this short passing stuff because they want to and not because they have to? And that's where I keep coming back to. I think they're running it because at this juncture, that is what they have to do because that's all the quarterback really can do. And now that teams are defending it well, guess what? They can't really do much of anything. So if they just lose these next three games, the window's closed? I think it is, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's time to blow it up. Wow. All right, Chris, I can't thank you enough for sticking through the break. I wanted to make sure everything was fair. Follow this guy on Twitter, at Chris Muller, PGH. It's spelled like Mueller. He's with us. Chris, we thank you very much for the time. All the best. Bye, Ken. Bye, buddy. Chris Muller, 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Boy, I made things tough on Frank there. I mean, it was it was hot to trot there at the end of that hour. We were like, ah, I got to get back to Chris. It's amazing. Because I, I wrote it down, and I wanted Chris to change my own. I wanted Chris to change my theory. Because I said, I hope it's only wrong place, wrong time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
it is easier to deal with as a fan, even as an organization, it's easier to stomach injuries being the problem. I think it is. Hey, you were robbed by fate. It happens. We all, every single city has that story. If so-and-so wouldn't have got hurt, what would have happened? If this team would have stayed healthy, you know, what 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 would it been? And so if it were only injuries with the Steelers, I can explain that. Hey, you know, you got guys on the offensive line who were hurt, and, you know, Bud Dupree went down, and Bud Dupree is, has really blossomed as a pass rusher, and now he's played on the other side of T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt's so talented that they can both play off each other and, and, and be able to get sacks and make money and do great things. But if we're going to have all these injuries, I mean, good God, you had Devin Bush get hurt and then his backup, Robert Spillane, got hurt. It's hard. I can explain injuries, but if, if we're getting down to the crux of basically Ben Roethlisberger has talked about, this is what bothers me about Ben Roethlisberger. The man has talked about retirement for nearly a decade now. He's 38 years old. I would probably say the first time I ever heard him mention retirement was probably around the age of 31. We've been doing this for a long time. Every year, Ben Roethlisberger mentions retirement. And you know the old adage, well, once you're mentioning retirement, you're thinking about retirement, your foot might already be out the door. If you're willing to admit it, it's hard to buy back in. And now it's, well, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. I'm co-. Like, well, like well, do you have to be... I get, I get there's always some showmanship, and I can appreciate that. Does there always have to be that dramatic? Does it always have to be that way? Like, I, I think Pittsburgh fans would know. I think Steeler fans would understand that, yes, they're thankful to have Ben Roethlisberger. They know that they've had a great quarterback for a long time before they haven't had such great quarterbacking, and they know that a quarterback in the league changes your perception from everywhere else. I, I think that everybody gets that, and certainly Steeler fans do. So why is my question is then, why does Ben Roethlisberger – continuously bring it up over nearly the last decade. Does he need it to be affirmed to everybody how thankful they should be for Ben Roethlisberger and his style of football that he can play? Is that what it's supposed to be? Like, that part I don't understand. People know Ben Roethlisberger's a good quarterback, and there's been times this year where I've – there's had to be a time where I've had to come to kind of his defense as a quarterback, obviously, his defense as a quarterback, and thinking, hey, he's made some good, sound decisions throwing the football. And it seems to be that, no, that that was what his limitations are. He would be more of a check down, can't really push the ball downfield type of quarterback. And from what I'm picking up from Chris, I don't think this is going to change anytime soon. And that he would walk away, I think the Steelers would have to be a part. And this is something that, gosh, just talking about one of the things that we were bringing up during one of the breaks with Frank and I, there are certain guys in certain cities that for the ownership – Maybe some fans see it or the way they can do it. But for the ownership and the predominant amount of fans, there's guys that are untradeable. You can't walk away from them. There are guys that are uncuttable. You can't walk away from them. It has to be, it has to be a joint venture that I'm going to walk away. We're going to do this together. We're going to be in a ceremony about it. Like during the conversation this year of J.J. Watt being traded, that has to be a J.J. Watt conversation. J.J. Watt means so much to the city of Houston, both on the field and obviously off the field for what he's done as a charitable uh, contributor to that city and what he's done for them that I don't think you can just trade J.J. Watt for the good of J.J. Watt. That's bad for your franchise. He means there are certain guys that mean that much more 
to the city they play in because they've used sports as a vehicle for good things. And J.J. Watt has done that. Ben Roethlisberger has his charity. He has a different background than what J.J. Watt obviously has. But I think J.J. Watt to at least the organization is, or excuse me, Ben Roethlisberger to the organization has been that way. That they've been through the dark times, they've been through the sunny times, and they're going to let him walk away. And now this refusal, I don't think, for as much as Ben Roethlisberger has talked about retirement, I think that Ben Roethlisberger sees the future and he might be like a lot of people. What do you do after? What do you do after football? What is your calling? What is your life's work? To borrow something from Chuck Noll, what is your life's work? What is your life's work after football? Because it's one thing to say when you're 31 to get some attention to talk about retirement. That, that gets guys like Mai's attention, and we will talk about you that way. But then all of a sudden you're 38, and you're looking at, looking at it right in the door, and you have probably another 50 years left on earth. What are you going to do? And to sit there and walk away from, not sit anywhere, but to walk away from $41 million is a tough thing. $41 million is still 40. While you've made a boatload of money, it's still $41 million more than what you had before. Even walking away would save somewhere around, they'd save 19, so you're getting a chunk of that money anyway, but it's still not the same. Sitting at home, collecting that money, being retired is not the same as going out on Sunday, getting guys to believe in you, and winning football games and having everybody in the world love what you're doing. I think Ben Roethlisberger is going through a lot of what a lot of professional athletes go through. And certainly what a lot of quarterbacks go through. When you can walk out there, and Ben Roethlisberger is a reviled figure from where I'm at. And personally, I do not care for Ben Roethlisberger if we're just laying our cards out on the table. There's been times where Ben Roethlisberger has been able to walk into, as, as a quarterback with his talents, has been able to walk into many a, many a stadium and has been able to work the crowd like a maestro, doing what he does, playing football at a high level. That is power. That gives you, a, that gives you such a euphoric high. That's something that I will never, ever be able to understand because I can't do it on that level. There's guys like Roethlisberger, like Brady, like Rodgers, who can go into Detroit, who could who could go down, not to Miami because they were always bad in Miami, but could go to New York, go to Buffalo, go to Cleveland, and walk out there, and it's like you're a conductor. And they all hate you, and you put it on their favorite team, and you leave with a smile on your face. It's hard to walk away from that power. It's hard to walk away from that money. But if, I, if this is true, what Chris Muller's telling us on this show, yeah, well, you know, that offense, he's calling an offense for himself, and they're trying to call an offense. It's just, it's, it's, a raw, it's worse than the worst place at the worst time. It's worse than that. Because you can get that offensive line healthy again. And I still won't believe in the true demise of the Steelers until I've seen them dead. I've done this so many times with that football team. I've talked about it so many times. They started out 0-4 a handful of years ago. I thought it might be over then. I thought last year when they lost Ben Roethlisberger might be over then. Hell, they were surprised in the league. They finished 8-8 eight and eight and possibly in the playoffs at one point. I've talked about the demise of that football team for so long until they are in the ground, and I know that they're dismembered and done. I am not going to talk about the demise of that football team, but it looks like it's getting close. 
if you have an offensive coordinator who's getting his plays overturned by a quarterback who's not doing what's best for himself, you're not going to win many games. Things aren't going to go well for you. And that defense losing guys because of the season that's gone on, because they've lost guys for the season, because they've lost guys here and there because of injuries and you had to bring them back, that is not a recipe for success over there. I'd still rather deal with injuries in this than pop problems with culture. The Smith-Schuster thing, that makes me feel a little bit better if I were a Steelers fan. Everything else, though, that's ugly. And at the worst time possible. Late December, getting ready for the football playoffs. This is the Ken Carmen Show. A convenient narrative coming up in just a moment. I got to bring Frank in. Frank and his buddies, and Frank was like afraid to say it like, well, it's not based on any report. I don't care. We're doing sports talk radio here. We're not talking about reports. We're not talking about that. No, 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 no. I don't care about that. I'm, I'm willing to go crazy on any of it. So, Frank. Don't be so bashful. You ready to do this? I certainly am. Okay. Frank, you you said you and his buddies was having a conversation. And you and his buddies was having a conversation about who? About Steph Curry? Yes. All right. Take me into this. Let's go. So the conversation came up with how bad Golden State looked last night against uh, against Brooklyn, right? Oh, no. It was, was it Brooklyn, was it? No. Brooklyn played Boston. Well, anyway. No, they, they, yeah, they, they still, they, they look terrible. Yeah, they, they look terrible. Go yeah, ahead. they looked awful last night. If the guys they need to get healthy are not going to be available this year, is there a chance that whether it be with a fake injury that sits him out the rest of the year or if he has to get traded, could Steph Curry possibly find his way off of the Warriors? In, in terms of a trade or, a, or him forcing his way out is what you're asking. Yes. He's going to be 33 in March, the 14th uh, you know, of March. This is why I wanted to bring this up. What did I just say about – he's going to be 33, right? Yes. What did I just say about J.J. Watt? What did I just say? Pretty much it's it's his decision. It is – it has got to be the decision of the player. And it's got to be handled delicately because I don't want Steph Curry – Steph if Steph Curry wanted to leave, Steph Curry would have – I don't know if he has the right, but he has the power to just go anywhere he wants. So he's got to go do anything he wants to do. So you can go ahead and do that. But if you're Steph Curry, there are certain guys, and you're one of them, that are just too big to wear an organization. Steph Curry was there. People don't realize this. Steph Curry was there during the bad years. This guy was, what, a seventh overall pick? He wasn't number one overall. Steph Curry's changed the way that we've looked at basketball and will continue to look at basketball over probably the next decade plus. And I'll, it's not just the NBA. Go ahead. I'll Go ahead, counter Frank. that with, wouldn't you think that LeBron was too big to leave Cleveland? No. No. Really? Because that was, cause I'm from Cleveland, and I'm telling you right now, that was jammed down our throats from about halfway through his first season. That, well, you better, do by, you better do well by LeBron. And there was a thought where, well, no one's ever done it, even though Shaquille O'Neal had done it. But no one's really ever done it. And there was a lot of us that thought, especially on the day that he left, like he's not going to go on national television and say he's leaving Cleveland. Like, we were just, we were like, he's not, wait a minute. Like, if he were leaving, he would just release a statement that he's leaving. He's not going to go on national. Well, he's at the Boys and Girls Club. He's going to do something for charity. Well, exactly, that's right. Cleveland has a fine standing with the Boys and Girls Club of America. Yeah, definitely he's going to stay in Cleveland. Nope. Mm-mm. No. No. Not at all. So now, I, 
and since we were told, be warned, be warned, be warned, I think that that part got thrown out the window. I th- I don't think LeBron is that guy. I don't think LeBron is the proper comparison. If you want to make a Cleveland comparison, this is different because he's not he's not anywhere near the star of what Steph Curry is, but he's still a star and a Hall of Famer. Would be Joe Thomas. If you want to make a Cleveland comparison, Joe Thomas is the one you make the comparison to because. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm just making a general comparison to yeah. a big star on a team that would be devastated if they left. I think that – see, I, but I think that there are guys that – it's not just devastating. I think that there's guys that mean more to their community. And Steph Curry, to any older Warriors fan, means a ton to that community. He was wearing the ugly jersey. You remember – People don't remember this because it's been so long. Chris Chris Mullen had to go out there and admonish the fans for booing Joe Lacob the night that Chris Mullen's jersey got retired because they were upset that they traded away Monte Ellis. But and at the time, I disagreed with it too. I was like, Monte Ellis is a great scorer. What are you getting rid of Monte Ellis for? What are you doing? And like that was a that was a franchise that was I mean more bund. And Steph Curry. And Clay Thompson becoming the player he became, and Draymond Green being second-round pick, being the player he became, they they put life into that franchise, and they made them one of the better dynasties that we've seen in professional sports over the last twenty years, and made and arguably one of the best dynasty, or arguably the best dynasty in NBA basketball. But there are guys that are just so, they are so powerful that if you're going to make a move like this. You really need to bring people together and 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 make it okay for the fan base. But you also know that if you let a guy like that go, I don't care how many times you say this needed to happen. I don't care about how many times you say you're sorry. They can't go anywhere. Like Wayne Gretzky. When Wayne Gretzky got traded from Edmonton to L.A., they, they had a press conference. Wayne Gretzky sat there and cried and bawled his eyes out, and they still – hung Peter Pocklington in effigy, and burned him in effigy. They still hated his guts. He's like, I don't have enough money. It's 50, I got to get 15 million. What does the one documentary say? 15 million U.S. and a bunch of other players. I can't afford to keep Wayne Gretzky. He's too good. It's going to be too much. And they, they had a press conference together and said that this is what needs to happen. And Wayne Gretzky was crying. And they were still upset with, with him until he, I think, until he sold the team. Like there's no there's certain players in certain areas. No matter what you say, it's not going to be enough. And I think Steph Curry is in that mix. And in even though the NBA, you're right about this, Frank. The NBA is the most transient of all the sports. Where players, baseball it used to be that way where players used to play for other teams and it's so weird because they would play for other teams and they would they would strive to be a Yankee. Like that's if you played against the Yankees but you played for the Kansas City Royals that's where you really wanted to be. If you play well enough here, then I'll end up playing for the Yankees, which is always a weird way to take it. In the NBA, it wasn't that way until pretty much until LeBron broke it. And now players are more transient. But I do think Steph is in a special category. Like if Giannis were to leave, Giannis would have left and we would have just dealt with it. And it would just put another one of the stars falling along with LeBron. But I think Steph means more. I think Steph means more. I think he's Golden State, and if you're Joe Lacob and the other umpteen owners that they have there with that basketball team, 
I got to tell you, it's a cold day in hell before, unless Steph came to me and demanded to go and said, I need to go. I'm 33 years old. I'm not getting any younger. We've had some good times here, but I need to go chase another ring. I need to go do this. If he wanted to that badly, then I'd have a, a grown-up conversation with him. i try to talk him out of it, but if he really needed to go, I could, I know I could get a ton for Steph Curry, and I would make that decision. But if you're Joe Lacob or any one of those other guys, you ain't – no. It'd be a frozen day in hell. Not cold. Hell would have to absolutely freeze over for you to think that way. So you're putting him in the – Yes. Kobe Lakers. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. He means that much to that organization. Yes. He means, he means because it's not fair because Kobe's just passed away. So he's, he's reached a different status. Right. But Kobe did demand that trade. But he he did, but they talked him out of it. Kobe demanded a trade three times, but they talked him out of it. He went on the radio and demanded a trade. They were still able to talk him out of it and they still talked some sense into him. And that's why I said, if, if you had Steph and Steph goes, listen, this is getting ridiculous here. I got to get out of here. I go, wait, 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 wait. Let, let's talk for a second. What's the problem? What's the problem? You don't like Steve now? What, what, what would be the problem? Like, let's talk about this. But for that organization, well, oh, Chase Daniel time with Detroit. Oh, oh, we are in a rare treat here on a Saturday afternoon, folks. Um, for that organization, there are certain guys that are so important to an organization, you can't move on from them. And Steph is that guy. And I would I would go, Steph, if you wanted to be and this is I know this is all reckless conversation between you and your friends. It would be Steph, let's talk this out first. Let's see where we're at on this. And then if you still wanted to go, I could try to make the arrangements and see what we can get back and we can make this all good. Because there is a legacy to protect. You know, there, Steph's the reason we're in this building. Steph's the reason we have these banners. Steph's the reason that we're part of Americana. People didn't think of the Golden State Warriors before. When I was a kid, I swear to God, and I love the NBA, I didn't know what city Golden State played in. They had Mullen. They had Chris Webber. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I know damn sure now where they play. Like, Steph means that much more to that organization. He is in, he is in that conversation. Jordan Bulls. Kobe, L.A., Steph Curry, Golden State. He is the quintessential Golden State Warrior. And so you can't just, even if he were to beg to be out, let's let's have a conversation together. In the conversation that we just had with Ben Roethlisberger, it's the same thing. Like, there are guys that, for your own organization, it has to mean more than just what that guy's going to do for you. Because they're not, and, and they got to get some pieces back. They got to get Clay back, and then Clay's got to get back into shape. I mean, good God, it's been two years. It's going to be two years now. You got to get Draymond back. James Weissman looks like he has a ton of promise there. Like there is some gold in those hills still. I, I think that they've done a pretty good job, and they've been a little bit lucky in, in how those before the Clay injury, they've been a little bit lucky about how they how they've had those breaks. Now I think it's going to be how they get to the second chapter of this run. I think there can be a second act. I think there can be a second chapter to it. They just need to find the bridge to get them to that level. So I would think it'd be premature for Steph Curry at 33 with his style of game because I think even with the injuries, I think he could play until he's 39 and be effective and be very good. Not what he's been previously, but now he could be this. But by the time he's 39, he could still be a very good player and very effective. And he's the face of that franchise in every way. So I would try to talk him into something like that. It's it's the same where there are guys where you cannot just focus on what you think they're going to give you in the future. You have a fan base that you have to have a good relationship with. You have a fan base that do love these players. 
And if you are a good team right afterwards, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll clean our hands off. We'll wish them adieu, but we're still a fan of our team, and we want our team to do well. And because you're over 500 or you're competing for the playoffs, it makes it that much easier. But if you let that player go, and this is where it does come back to Ben Roethlisberger and the other ones, and you suck up the room, they won't forgive you. They will not forgive you for it. There are players that just mean that much, and if you go out there and you suck after you give that player up or you trade that player or you force that player into retirement, they ain't going to forget it. Not until you start winning again, and they will show it with their pocketbooks. It happens in a lot of cities. I mean, that's fair, but look at what Golden State's doing right now. They're not they're not lighting anything up right at no, this moment. No, they're not, but it's also, it's only been a couple of games. It's only it's it, they got to get that thing to gel again. You got Steph back. He's rusty. You got I mean, James Wiseman's a baby. He played what, how many games did he play in, in college? He played in one game in college. What did he play before that? Three. He's played in like four organized basketball games before this season. He was also like the a, entirety of last year as a, well. A little bit of time. That's all I'm asking. A little bit of time. Just give him a little bit before we go hitting panic buttons. But it's a good conversation, Frank. I thank you very much for bringing it to the table. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Coming up next, a convenient narrative. But I'll always pick against the defending champs. And are the Jets just drafting a quarterback to keep their fans happy? Because if the Jets just draft a quarterback to keep their fans happy, I think that's the equivalent of having a baby to save a relationship. This is the Ken Carmen Show. I got to get the CBS read. Yesterday it was messed up. I got to get it right here. Here we go. Sunday. The NFL on CBS has a slate of games shaping the playoff picture, including the Colts clashing with the Steelers, as well as key matchups featuring the Jets and the Browns get set for kickoff at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, with JB and the guys on the NFL today. Sunday, the NFL is on CBS, on NFL Network too right now. Buccaneers up 13-0. I got to find my sheet. People are finally catching up to me. They're finally catching up to it. I did a whole thing on Matt Stafford before because Chase Daniels, excuse me, Chase Daniel, it's like Jack Daniels whiskey. Chase Daniel is in at quarterback for the Lions, and I did a markup, and now people are starting to feel bad finally for Matt Stafford, and I did a markup of what Matt Stafford's stats could extrapolate out to before the end of last year because Matt Stafford, before the injury, was one of the best quarterbacks in football. And now it's starting to look, gosh, he's looking thin. He's looking a little thin in the skin, and he's looking a little rough. And this year hasn't been a good year. And I think of the games he's had, how many 100-yard rushers has he had in his career? It's basically he's turning into the Dan Marino of of our generation. And he's a guy who will not get in the Hall of Fame, not a chance in hell. But if you look over his entire career, and as I find the numbers here, if you take his numbers, and this was going into last season, so it's it, I got to redo the math on this. And I took his first 10 years, and I said, let's say he plays 18 seasons. I'm going to get to the Jets here in a second. But you say that Matt Stafford gets to 18 seasons. All right, you take 18 seasons, you take away his two best, then you put in six more, you average them out. Matt Stafford would end up 10, or in the top 10 right now, and I'd, I'd assume he's behind, he'd be behind Roethlisberger. He'd be number seven in touchdown passes historically. All time. All time. Top seven in touchdown passes. He would have over, and this was going into a couple years, so I'm going to have to do this differently now, so it's probably going to drop by a little bit. But remember the type of offense that he played in when he first got into the league. 
If I take all his numbers and extrapolate them out to an 18-year career, Matt Stafford will have over 60,000 passing yards when it's all said and done. Now, taking it out, I would say probably around 55,000 passing yards. That is still a boatload of passing yards. Who got the 60,000 just the other day? Was that Ben Roethlisberger back on Monday night? I think he got over 60,000. That's a Hall of Famer. The only way Matt Stafford's getting in is if he buys a ticket. And you can say what you want to about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's a hell of a wide receiver. Heinz Ward was a hell of a wide receiver. Juju Smith-Schuster's kind of up and down, but he's played with some good players. He's had great tight ends. He's had good offensive lines. And Matt Stafford really hasn't had any of that. But Megatron, one. That's one. Who else? Where's the defense been? Anytime they put together a defense, they traded it away. Anytime they had anybody, who's his best running back that he's played with? Joyke Bell? That's it. Who else? I'm, I, I can't, I'm making a vigorous defense of, of Matt Stafford throughout his career. And last February, I had to give myself a bit of a champion's pose because anytime you start to talk about Matt Stafford, people start calling up. People start calling up about Matt Stafford, getting rid of Matt Stafford. Last February, I said he's one of the most interesting quarterbacks I think I've ever seen. He's not a Hall of Famer. Philip Rivers, he might have better numbers than Philip Rivers by the time it's all done. Philip Rivers is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Maybe not first ballot, but Philip Rivers is going to be in the Hall of Fame. And we just go always say, Megatron, 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 Megatron. Well, he had Megatron. Well, he had Megatron. He can. I mean, yeah, Megatron was a great, great player. Calvin Johnson was sensational. You need more than that. Did Brady win a Super Bowl with Randy Moss? Randy Moss is one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. Like, you need more. I'm watching Tom Brady, who has nine trips and six Super Bowls, and I'm thinking, no, I don't think that Matt Stafford would have nine trips and six Super Bowls if, if he were taken by the New England Patriots and had Bill Belichick. You really not think they wouldn't have made it to one? I can't say win. Do we really think they wouldn't have made it to one Super Bowl had he not played for a different organization? There are guys that they change the entire future of their franchises. Those are called legendary of those are called legends of all the legendary players. Guys like probably Mahomes, a guy like Tom Brady. Matt Stafford, I'm not saying is a legend. But there are plenty of guys out there. Yeah, they need they need teams. They need guys around them. They need good offensive lines. Anytime Matt Stafford's had a decent offensive line, it's been marred by injury. And Matt Stafford, when we say makes all the throws, I don't even know what that means anymore for a lot of folks, but he can throw sidearm too, and he can throw no-look passes too, but he doesn't play for a, a powerhouse that's well-coached and one of the most respected coaches in football, and he doesn't have the chance to have his talents flashed on the screen other than when we watch him on Thanksgiving Day or offshoot days like this, and we feel sorry for him. I mean, Matt Stafford, by circumstance, it almost looks like he could be the Dave Craig of this generation. Go back to the 80s, Steve Largent, they had some good runs. Led the, led the what, did he lead the 80s in passing yards, Dave Craig did? And I look at Matt Stafford and I go, yeah, same guy. 855-2124-CBS. I feel, I just, I, I do. A guy who's made a ton of money, and when you get to that level, it's not about money, and I start to feel bad for the guy. I really do. 
because now he still it looks like he stayed one year past his his welcome for another organization. Like he may leave Detroit after this. Where does he end up? Is it a is it a Colts situation? Do they go back to back? Say Rivers bows out after this year, says he's done, and Rivers has had a great run. Maybe he ends up with the Colts. Like there there might still be help for him. He's still a relatively young guy in terms of just the NFC old quarterbacks are concerned. He's still, I think, a relatively young guy, 33, 34, somewhere in that mix. So there's a possibility he could end up with still a good football team. But now what what is the price you're willing to pay to put him with that type of talent? Now that's a question for another day. I thought of this earlier, and I kind of smile as I bring it up because it's it's a very serious issue that we have. But I see the Jets, and I and I, I asked this with Evan Silva just yesterday, and, and Evan made a great point. Evan is a is a fine thinker and a good guy, and that's why you should follow his website at EstablishTheRun.com. Unpaid testimonial. I asked Evan Silva, because Jets fans were, gosh, Jets fans were upset with the Jets for winning the other day. And I don't feel bad for him. I understand. You put... You, you put your hopes into a season, and even the most ardent fan thinks that, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a tough sledding, but you got some good picks, and you can help yourself out. And I've been harsh on the Jets because I think that they should be they should be criticized, and, and we should be hard on the Jets because I think that they're exactly what you don't want to have in, in sports. A team that doesn't learn its lesson, a team that's haphazard in their work, and a team that has been hoodwinked by, I think, one of the greatest frauds in coaching history, and certainly in this generation, and Adam Gase. A guy who has hung onto the coattails of Peyton Manning to two NFL head coaching jobs, made Ryan Tannehill worse, and has certainly not helped Sam Darnold. Now, Sam Darnold might be afraid of his own shadow and not that great to begin with, but if I put him with Adam Gase, I think I can give him not a full mulligan, but I can at least give him an excuse. I think that Sam Darnold probably with... An array of other coaches, Andy Reid, Sean McDermott, Bill Belichick. I mean, look at any one of those coaches in that division. If I put him with Brian Flores, is Sam Darnold better? If I put him with Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland, is Sam Darnold better? I think, and Matt Nagy gets a hell of a lot of problems for, for Chicago over there. I think he's probably better with Matt Nagy. I think Adam Gase is probably one of the biggest frauds as a head coach in NFL history. That's saying some. We've had plenty of them. Yet the Jets being upset with it, if it made sense with Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence looks like it could still be the type of quarterback that takes over a bad situation and could be so talented he raises up the stakes to everybody. They still need to find, if they move on from Doug Marone down in Jacksonville, they still need to find a good quarter, or good coach who can bring in a good staff who can handle a young quarterback the right way. That's very, very important, and we're seeing that across the country. I think the Bills are one of the best blueprints for it. The Bills got a wild-ass quarterback that they knew was rough around the edges, that they knew they were going to have to be patient with, and they put him with a good head coach and a good support system and a guy like Brian Dayball who learned the lessons the hard way when he was in Cleveland and may very well have changed here so many years later. And they've developed a system. They've protected Josh Allen. You saw a little bit of it last year. Now he's blossomed into one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. It can be done. And it can be done even better with a guy like Trevor Lawrence. But Trevor Lawrence looked like the guy that could be able to save the Jets from themselves. And now he's gone. If things continue the way they are, Jacksonville gets the number one pick. The Jets get the number two pick. There is something about 
the other quarterbacks that I just don't know. I would have loved to seen, because I don't have skin in the game. I don't care if Ohio State would have been into the college football playoff or not. Makes my job more fun, so I guess I'm lying to you. Who Who's calling a fraud now? Who? But either way, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to say that Justin Fields is the right guy at number two. Looks the part, big, strong, would have liked to see an entire season. I think the ebbs and flows of an entire season where he, if he were to play six games and then play six more and build himself back up and get himself going on a trajectory, I think that could have been better. I think there's going to be some criticism. Put it, Justin Fields, that's not entirely his fault. He's shown his leadership. He's done a lot of good things. And, hell, I say the same thing for Zach Wilson over there at BYU. Trey Lance, I only saw him play once, and then it was good night. I'm not sure about him. And if you're the Jets, and so many people, and I teased this out on social media because I wanted to get a couple of reactions because it makes me think a little bit deeper before I go into it. So many people are focused on the money. My entire goal as a franchise, yes, is to be able to save money, but it's also to get a quarterback that I know I can pay a lot of money, and I, it's my goal to pay him a lot of money because I know he's going to pay off for my franchise. If I'm the Jets... And Joe Douglas is only going to probably have one shot at this, and that's what makes it difficult. We're going to have to answer this question over time. If you're the Jets, do I take a quarterback that I'm not sold on in either Fields, Wilson, Lance, whoever? Do I do that just because my fan base is mad at me? If you listen to this with any regularity, I say it all the time to the point where it probably makes people roll their eyes. Young quarterbacks are like young children. They need structure. They need discipline. They need people are there that they know they can trust, who they know are in their corner and care about them. Sometimes they do need tough love, but they know they need people that they respect who are in charge that can show them the way to when they take over as adults, they are not complete disasters. Or they get the best chance to not be complete disasters. And it's the same thing with a young quarterback. Can I trust the Jets when I was already leery about how they'd handle Trevor Lawrence, who seems to be as sure thing as a sure thing can be, and we've done that a million times, but who seems to be the closest thing to a sure thing. If I didn't really trust the Jets before with Trevor Lawrence, how can I trust the Jets with any one of these other quarterbacks that come with questions when they've already given me the blueprint for how they've ruined a quarterback before and Sam Darnold? Do I take a quarterback if I'm the Jets just because my fan base is mad at me? If we're making the the analogy to children, which I always will, this is the equivalent to me of having a baby just to save the relationship. Your fan base is mad at you, so you're going to draft a quarterback and make the situation worse? Your fan base, they're Jets fans. They're going to be mad at you regardless. If you don't win the Super Bowl, they're going to be upset. So take that equation out of it. If you're Joe Douglas, you may only have one shot at this. And that's going to be hard. Because if you're going to go down, and most GMs do, if you're going to go down, you'd like to go down by your terms. You'd like to go down saying, I took a swing at a quarterback. This guy could have been great. I can say whatever I want to about Gettleman on the other side. I can say what I want to, anything I want to about Gettleman. Now, there's some things that he's proven to be right on with the New York Giants here over the last month. But if he took his swing, at least he went down taking Daniel Jones, a guy who he believed in. Because there's so many guys that don't get that chance. And there will be a time where you probably have to take a quarterback regardless. But am I going to take another quarterback, make an investment in him, 
know that their situation, and every team thinks that they're going to get it corrected, but do I really believe the Jets are going to get the situation corrected where they are going to be in the best spot to let a guy like Justin Fields, who needs more seasoning, flourish, a guy like Zach Wilson, who we wonder about the competition he plays to get him to flourish. Same thing with Trey Lance, and I think he's got probably a little bit of the Carson Wentz stank on him right now. He's going to have to air that out. Do I really trust the Jets to do so? I don't think so. I could barely trust him with Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence is as close to a sure thing as you're going to get. And now I'm going to hand him somebody who needs help and development and time. Hey, if we're talking about dollars and cents, I'll just I'll just pick up the option on Sam Darnold. We'll get ourselves a decent coach in here, and we'll try this whole thing all over again. Maybe we'll draft an offensive lineman, and we'll go the right way. But to double down on the mistake you made three years ago by taking a quarterback who's a bit meek, who can be a little skittish, and putting him with the defensive guy who you knew wasn't long for that organization, and then doubling right down and putting him with a guy who was exposed in Miami, but you brought him in, I don't think it's a recipe for success. Big thanks to Anthony Pierno. Frank Marchese has done a wonderful job. Marco Belletti was great. Erica Herskowitz. Billy Jack, wonderful as always. My favorite Nets fan. John Marks is next. You guys have a wonderful weekend. I'm Ken Carmen. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.